2: Welcome to Who's a Good Dog? I'm Kate Lever, journalist and author of the book Good Dog. My small, hairy co-host is officially called Bert the Dog, but also goes by Angel, Dumpling, Nugget, Potato and Best Boy in the World. On each episode of Who's a Good Dog, I talk to a brilliant person about their perfect doc. Today, I'm chatting to journalist Zing Seng. Zing is executive editor at Vice, presenter of documentaries including Empire of Dirt, podcast host and author of a terrific series of books called Forgotten Women. She also, incidentally, once published a story of mine about visiting a Belgian potato museum. Zing lives with a perfect angel dog called Judy. I love nothing more in this world than dogs called really human names. Up until this point, I've always thought that Ian and Paul and Helen and Susan were the best human names for dogs, but I'm actually reevaluating now that I know that your dog is called Judy. Why is she called Judy? Please tell me.
3: Okay, so this is actually a very interesting story. So we adopted Judy from a shelter and when we got her, you know, they said her name's Judy and at first we I was like, Judy's kind of a weird name for a dog. That's like a human (laughs) name. Um, Maybe we should change it to something more dog sounding. So I wanted to change her name to Joey Mm -hmm. and even got a collar saying Joey. And then she turned up and I was like, this isn't a Joey, it's a Judy. (laughs) And then a month after... We got into calling her Judy, you know, she was responding to her name. The shelter then messaged me on Facebook to say that they'd made an error and her name was actually Kitty.
2: Oh my God, I thought you were going to say her name was actually Joey and I was going to lose my mind. But Kitty is not a good dog name.
3: No, it's really weird,
2: right? Yes.
3: I mean, no offence to anyone whose dog is called Kitty, but that's that's (laughs) a weird choice. It's like if you got a cat and called it Woof or something, a Rover.
2: Yeah. But as it is, I think Judy is perfect. And I think that it's the correct choice to keep her called Judy.
3: It's really it's a fun name to have to call a dog because you get a lot of people saying, oh, like Judy Garland or or, "Oh, like Richard and Judy. Someone actually asked me if (laughs) I had a dog called Richard to go along with Richard and Judy and I was like that is the dream I hadn't <laughs> thought that but now
2: oh my god well as as you well know because I go on about it all the time my dog's called Bert and we met a dog at the park called Ernie once and I was like <gasps> so can you describe Judy for us her age her breed her coloring her whole
3: aesthetic okay so Judy is six years old so mm-hmm. she's actually quite you know a grown-up woman dog a woman dog and <laughs> um, <laughs> But everyone says she looks like a puppy and that's because she basically looks like a Spaniel puppy. Mm. So she's kind of like this golden toasted brioche colour and she's got really lovely long fur. She's got these little furry paws that someone in a park once described as looking like the Gucci slippers because they're kind of furry (laughs) at the toes. And um, she's sort of like about like nine kilos and she's sort of like... she probably comes up to like right under my knee and i'm Mm -hmm. like five foot five she's a breed called a kakoni which apparently is a really common breed in greece and cyprus apparently they are one of the oldest dog breeds in the world and you can see them on like grecian vases and stuff but she is she's like significantly larger than that breed so that breed's sort of like corgi sized but she's got these really long legs and so the shelter told us she's probably a crossbreed Um, Mm -hmm. So we think she's crossed with a spaniel because that's what she basically looks like, a little mini spaniel. She does. So
2: interesting you mentioned coconis, because I had never heard of a cocony before. And I had a book that listed all dog breeds that I used to read when I was like probably six to nine years old. But my best friend who actually did the theme song for this podcast, Luke Bat, he adopted a cocony from Siberia. and. She is also the most glorious creature. She honestly, when she comes around to visit and she plays with Bert, she makes Bert look like a dumpling or a potato, just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because she's so angelic. Um, now, speaking of Judy's beauty, she is actually so glorious that she gets professional modelling jobs, which Bert would be very jealous of because he was relegated to the back cover of my book and replaced with a picture of a dog on the front cover that actually, come to think of it, looks a bit like Judy, so more sort of conventionally attractive. But I didn't realise until my lovely producer Ali told me today that we're actually talking about a celebrity dog here because Judy starred on the front cover of Time Out magazine London with everybody's favourite drag race breakout star, Bimini Bambula. Can you
3: please tell me every single thing about that experience? Okay, so so one of my best friends uh, is an editor at Time Out London. She was the one who kind of pushed for Bimini to be on the front cover because, you know, Bimini's a star. And um, even though, you know, tragically, they did not win drag race. But that's a whole other topic for a podcast. Um, So basically, Bimini has a dog that actually looks a lot like Judy, but I think it's actually just a regular Spaniel. Um, And the Spaniel has been on Bimini's Instagram and, you know, when... When I got Judy, people kept texting me being like, it looks like Bimney Bomboolash's dog. (sighs) Your dog Judy looks like Bimney's. Um, So my friend, uh, who's an editor at Time Out, was like, we're getting Bimney to bring their dog and we're going to like shoot Bimney undercover in this kind of like Elizabethan ruffle and we've got a ruff for the dog and everything. And then on a day itself, I texted her and I was like, how's Bimney doing? And tragically, Bimney uh, did not receive the message to bring their dog. (sighs) So... My friend was like, oh, what a shame. You know, we had this whole vision for the... And I was like, do you want me to bring Judy? Oh, that's such a good idea. And I was like, call me crazy, but I think you need like a stunt dog. And obviously Judy already looks like Bimini's dog. Anyway, so she said yes. And that's how I wound up bringing Judy to the timeout office and... Getting her undercover of timeout, proper pushy stage mum stuff. Actually, now that I think about it, very like casually. Oh, <laughs> casually I like, love it. I hear you've got a space open for a dog. <laughs> Have you considered my dog? But yeah, so that's how she ended up undercover with Bimini. Incredible, incredible. I mean, that is
2: just outstanding dog mum behaviour. And funnily enough, Bert, my dog, has also posed for timeout on a much sort of lower rung in the hierarchy of glamour in terms of articles because he was just an online article. But he did um, not behave as well as I imagine Judy did. Uh, He was dressed in a little prince outfit with a little sort of puffy crown and a little cape um, with a leopard print trim. And he pulled the hat off his head and attacked it and ate the hat. So – was
3: Judy better behaved than that on her timeout shoot? She she was surprisingly well behaved. I, actually, I was a bit nervous because she's, you know, she's a rescuer. Sometimes rescues can be quite temperamental when it, they're in new environments. She, she'd never been in that office before. Um, she'd never, like, been photographed in a studio before. I mean, obviously not because this is her first cover, <laughs> <laughs> says her mum. Um, and But she was fine, actually. The one thing was they'd made this rough for her Um. And she refused to wear the ruff. Mm. She, I, but then you know, I kind of feel like most dogs don't enjoy being dressed up like little, no, they do Elizabethan not. clowns. So yeah, she literally just put that off, thing straight off. Yeah, and fair enough to her. If she cannot work in those
2: conditions. Yeah. She shouldn't, it's true. You know, she's
3: got boundaries. She didn't get paid for the cover. It was purely in exposure.
2: So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and presumably also paid in sort of pats and cuddles and
3: lots exactly. of praise. Oh yeah. It was a treat bonanza that day.
2: Obviously, I could hear about the day of the Bimini shoot forever. Um, But I do want to hear a little bit more about you and your kind of dog lover status and the decision to get a dog. I think because if I'm correct, this is your first dog as a grown
3: up. Yeah, exactly. So I had a dog when I was a little kid. I basically begged my mother to get a dog that looked like Snowy from the Tintin comics when I was a little kid. So we ended up getting a little West Highland Terrier called Jockey, also a J name, funnily enough. Um, (laughs) And so I grew up with the dogs, but this is, but Judy is like my first ever dog as a grown up. And I think I was just ready, you know, I was like the kind of person who goes into a pub. And if I see a dog, I just won't talk to anyone else. Mm -hmm. I'll just talk to the dog. And now, obviously, as a dog owner, you're kind of like, oh, God, not this not this freak again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I was that person, like, you know, going out to people's dogs and talking to the dogs. And eventually during lockdown, I was like, you know what? I think there's not going to be any better time. I tried to adopt a dog before, um, but because I wasn't at home very much, it just didn't end up working out and the shelter, which I think, at the time, was bad to see. We're like, we just don't think you're ready. You know, like, we, our dogs need, like, 24-7 supervision and care. Also, they said I lived on a main road, so mm, it too noisy yep, okay. for a lot of the dogs they had. So I was like, oh, that's sad. And then lockdown happened, and I was like, wow, I'm here all the time. <laughs> exactly. And
2: um, do you know anything about Judy's background, her story before she came to you?
3: No, and this is the really intriguing thing. This is why I sometimes think about what it would be like if... Uh, dogs could talk to humans because i we basically don't know anything and yeah, um, yep. the shelter we adopted her from um is based in cyprus so it's kind of like you know how there are lots of dog shelters in romania yeah where people adopt them from romania there's also kind of a similar thing going on in cyprus um and so when we got her from the shelter in cyprus they basically said she's come in with two other dogs a family dropped them off and that was literally it
2: Ah, uh, yeah okay
3: yeah and so she has a
2: mysterious she's got
3: a mysterious past we know that she's had puppies because you know she's got the little doggy nips that you get when you have puppies (laughs) um but we have no idea what happened to them um and we don't know what the situation is with her previous family Mm. um i was walking her once around westminster and she went absolutely wild for this older woman wearing a fur coat walking down the street and then I concocted this whole story in my head where I was like, that's her old owner. But then the lady had no idea who Judy was. And the funny thing is, once Judy went up to her, she just completely calmed down and lost interest. And then the woman oh. would walk <laughs> off again. And then Judy would notice her again and then go absolutely wild. So I don't know what it is. Do you know, when you started telling
2: me that story, I was thinking, one, I was thinking, okay, is Zing suggesting this is a previous owner? Or is she suggesting that the coat was one of Judy's siblings or children. But that is way too 101 Dalmatians.
3: It's quite, yeah, it's quite a big coat as well.
2: (laughs) Tell me, how did she
3: settle in when she first moved in with you? So actually, it was surprisingly easy. So basically, we got her during lockdown, or at least in one of the the periods between lockdown, I think. Mm -hmm. And what it was, was the shelter had... Real trouble was flying the dogs over from Cyprus to London because commercial flights had stopped. So, what they did in the interim was they chartered a plane for hundreds of dogs from all these shelters in Cyprus to fly from Cyprus to Cologne, where they were then put on trucks, trucked to Calais, and then put on the Euro. On a train through the Euro Tunnel, oh went to Folkestone, and then they were all picked up by dog courier vans, <gasps> which is a kind of job that I didn't even know existed. I didn't but apparently, know <gasps> yeah, apparently there are these vans driving across Europe full of animals. You just never know because they look like regular lorries, Um and they've got just like rows and rows of animal cages in the back, and they're transporting animals across different countries. She must have been so relieved when she got to you. I know. Yeah. So when we when we got her, she. She basically came through our house and immediately knew what it was because she'd been, I think she'd been a family dog before. Oh, yeah. And she just like jumped up on the chair and just made herself at home.
2: And it was really sweet. <laughs> Good. She knew exactly what to do. Oh, bless her. She's like, this is, this is what I deserve. This is the comfort level that I require. Yeah. So sweet. There are really only a few things in life that I would describe as truly, genuinely life-changing. One of them is Yoga with Adrian YouTube videos, and the other is my dog.
3: How has Judy changed your life? Oh, I mean, it's been so lovely to have a dog. Also because I got COVID at the end of last year during Christmas. (gasps) Yes, you did. And... All I did for I think I was probably sick for about two weeks straight was lie on a sofa and cry while watching Disney Plus and cuddle Judy Aww. and she made it better because that would have been quite a bleak Christmas you know it was that Christmas when nobody could see their families, and yeah. everyone was just kind of stuck at home because they'd introduced that last minute lockdown, and she just made it all better. And if it wasn't for her, I honestly would not have left the house during this entire lockdown. I'm very averse to exercise anyway on a good day. And she <laughs> actually got me out and moving. And now we go on little jogs. And she's actually, for little dog, she's very good at walking. I've taken her out on like six hour long walks and she loves it.
2: Wow. Yeah, six hours is very long.
3: For a little dog, yeah.
2: I think, yeah, Bert is... An hour and a half is probably the longest he's gone. And on a couple of occasions, we've had to put him in the dog bag that we have. Oh. <laughs> it's like a, a turquoise backpack that we usually use for like carrying his water bowl and his treats and his ball and whatever. But actually is there just in case he gets really tired because he's got tiny little sausage
3: legs and he gets very yeah. really tired sometimes. I'm really obsessed of getting this bicycle chair for a dog. Have you seen people with these? I've seen it once. I have a fight with my
2: boyfriend all the time because he cycles everywhere and he's always like, we should get one of those things. And I'm like, if you guys crash, I need to lose one of you, not both of you. If you die in a cycling accident, I'm going to need Bert to comfort me so you are not going anywhere together on a bike. But don't let that, you know, quash your ideas of getting the the bike attachment.
3: It's very cute. (laughs) It's very cute if that if it makes you change your mind. It's basically like, have you seen one of these before? I'll describe it anyway for anyone who hasn't. But it's like, you know, those little kiddie chairs that you put in the back of cars for toddlers. It's (laughs) like that for a dog. And it's even got a little seatbelt harness that you put around the dog. And it's strapped not to the back of your bike seat, but to the front of it. So when you're cycling with your hands on the handlebars, your dog's like right in the middle sat there.
2: Sat like a, like a toddler, as in on their bottom and their back legs. Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anything's going to get me on board, some kind of cycling basket contraption, it's, it's the, the image of that. That does sound very cute. I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it. They're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile.
1: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: So I'm very pleased to hear that Judy was a good companion to you throughout having COVID. I mean, I go on and on about it all the time about the mental health benefits of having a dog in terms of, you know, they, they lower your blood pressure, they reduce your cortisol production, they trigger the release of oxytocin and all of that. Would you say that Judy also helps
3: with your mental well being? Yeah definitely because I think it's really easy for people to get wrapped up in their own thoughts and their own head and because she's so good she, because she's a real outdoors dog like she loves going out like it just helps me get out of the house and like out of my own head a lot more than just you know if you if you give me the chance I will just happily spend three hours doom scrolling on my phone lying on the sofa and only realize it when my back starts to hurt which as I get older is actually happening more and more frequently oh my god Um, same
0: I know right well this is the other
3: thing that dogs are good for they get people out and moving so she just really helps with that and I think also it's just so nice to come back to someone who is always just pleased to see you no matter what
2: does she do any like little welcome rituals, bring you any toys, do a little tap dance on the floors?
3: She jumps up a lot oh. when you get back home and it's really, really sweet. Sadly, she's not a big dog for toys. I feel like maybe she didn't play with them when she was younger and so just doesn't understand how to, what to do she's the same with fetch so she loves like chasing other dogs so when other dogs play fetch in a park she immediately runs after them thinking they want to play but no they just want to pick up a ball or a stick, and she's really put out by it she's like why oh
2: well i feel like that's actually quite a mature approach because she like just doesn't see the point of chasing a ball and she's quite right there isn't a lot of point in chasing a yeah. ball I remember the post you posted about a year ago when you first got Judy and there were just so many comments of people being like, yes, a dog mum. I love this for you. I'm so excited. Is Judy very popular with your friends
3: and how does she handle that popularity? Yeah, she's so popular with my friends. I think because my friends, my friends all famously made fun of me for being so obsessed with dogs. And like you, when I was a kid, I actually had an encyclopedia of dog breeds. So that's Mm. literally my kind of pub quiz category oh, like, yes. If you show me a dog like i could probably name it there's like a 90 percent <laughs> chance i could tell what breed of dog it is oh, um, impressive so they all they always knew that about me and when i got a dog they were like oh my god this makes perfect sense for you it's like you know if you had a friend who was like obsessed with babies and she finally had a baby mm-hmm. you'd be like i'm so glad this worked out for you <laughs> kind of thing um so she is really popular with my friends and also because i think she's quite chilled out so she doesn't freak out over like newcomers or like strangers she isn't like bitey or like high energy so if you're the kind of person who's a bit like oh i'm not sure about dogs she's actually really nice to be around because she's just very chill and i've had friends who babysat her you know they come to my house and they like sit on the sofa and five minutes time she's like next to them on the sofa in their lap kind of sitting lying down stretched out like a little long loaf. So she's (laughs) makes herself really, really likable.
2: Oh so precious. I think it's one of the best qualities in a dog, uh, that they're welcoming to the people that you love. Does she also Mm -hmm. go out with you? Does
3: she go to pubs and other people's places and stuff and she's well behaved there too? yeah so she's quite well behaved i was quite surprised because like i said with rescue sometimes they can be a bit temperamental and like you know you don't know what's happened in their past so they might react adversely to like loud noises and pubs or bars or like crowds and stuff like that she's actually been really chilled um sometimes she gets a bit kind of fidgety and then she like barks and demands attention but she can actually go out for quite a while so like i went to a pub the other day was out for like three and a half four hours and she was like fine she needed to be given attention occasionally hmm. but you know what lady doesn't love being given attention <laughs> <then>? <laughs> well quite yeah. right she's like all the rest of us exactly um so yeah she's actually been really good surprisingly like i think i was really kind of when we adopted her, i was preparing myself because we don't know anything about her history. Mm. You know, they told her all this stuff, but obviously they also got her name wrong. So maybe, you know, <laughs> but she settled in really, really well. Oh.
2: And I feel
3: really, really lucky because it could have, you know, it could have yeah. easily like ended badly, I think.
2: I'm really pleased you said that because I feel like people think that rescue dogs are always difficult. And mm-hmm. if you get a dog from you know, by other means, um, that they're going to be these perfect angels. But in my experience, and you know, I wrote a whole book about dogs, I try and make my living speaking about dogs, I have spoken to a lot of people about dogs, and I would say that I reckon... Broadly speaking, people who have rescue dogs have actually had more positive experiences mm. in the first stages of bringing them home than people who've got like a puppy from a breeder or a shop or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I just want to get out this idea that, that rescue yeah. dogs can be just as, if not Chill and more
3: lovely. chilled and well behaved than others. Because I definitely think I was one of those people who'd like ingested a lot of stuff about, you know, rescue rescuing can be really challenging but it is very rewarding but you have to kind of like steel yourself and make sure that you're ready to have this big responsibility and i think to a certain extent shelters also kind of like quote-unquote breed that in you because they make sure you know they make sure you've got a good place for dogs to live they make sure you've got enclosed garden or whatever Um, and they're much more rigorous about it than you Mm -hmm. would if you just like bought a puppy from someone So I was really like kind of like, okay, we need to like have a game plan, you know, we need to make sure like she'll be okay, how are we going to settle it in? And she was fine, really.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting you say that about because I really respect, obviously, the people who work at rescues. And we had a beautiful experience with the people at Battersea. And I totally understand why they like this. But some people who work at rescues are just so protective of the dogs that yeah, they put people through quite a tough time in terms of what criteria they have to meet. A lot of rescue dogs have been through some really awful stuff Mm. and and, like it's just great that there are people who protect them. But anyway, big moral of the story that we're actually telling here is that so many rescue dogs are angels and so well behaved and you can be so lucky. I feel so lucky all the time, even though Bert Weed on our sofa a lot when he first came home. (laughs) Uh, He's also, you know, a perfectly behaved little little button now so we're
3: very lucky you and you and me the two best dogs in the world (laughs) I know yeah and also (laughs) I mean I never really wanted a puppy I always wanted like a fully grown dog really um I don't know if that's because when I got my dog when I was a little kid I was really little so I didn't really remember how we like raised him as a puppy Mm. so I just always had this memory of him being about like eight years old and I guess that was sort of my set image of what a dog was like came from. So I was like, no, I want to adopt. I want to like get an older dog. So, yeah, I mean, now I can't imagine getting her as a puppy. I know. I get a
2: bit emotional sometimes thinking about the fact that I never got to see Bert when he was a real puppy puppy, when he was really little. But I do believe in getting dogs who are, who are not puppies from rescues because they just, you know, especially the elderly ones, not saying Judy is yet elderly, but especially the older ones because they just deserve to have, you know, the best twilight years that they can have um, what is your greatest wish for Judy's future
3: oh I I would like her to have a lot more days spent out in the sun because she's you know she's mm. a Cypriot dog she likes the sun sunbathing running around on the beach maybe going for a little dip in a puddle of seawater because she refuses to get in the sea <laughs> she does not enjoy <laughs> the sea she hates oh. waves yeah, But she will deign to drop herself down into a puddle if she's hot. And it's very sweet.
2: Oh, bless. Okay, so more puddle time, more sunshine. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just run you through a few kind of quick fire questions about Judy.
3: <coughs>
2: Where does Judy sleep at night? She sleeps at
3: the bottom of our bed. In a dog bed. Perfect.
2: Does Judy own or wear any outfits or accessories?
3: So at Christmas, her first Christmas, we dressed her up as a Christmas elf. (laughs) And she looks Mm -hmm. absolutely furious in all the photos. She looks so... She just doesn't look happy. And it was one of those Christmas elf outfits with the little legs.
2: (gasps) Oh, I've always dreamed of getting one of those,
3: yeah, yeah, we
2: put Bert in a Santa jumper and he it has a little sort of um red hoodie, and uh he wasn't thrilled about that either, so we also have angry Christmas photos, and I don't think we'll make him do it again, but it was so cute <laughs> uh, does Judy have any unofficial nicknames? Oh, you know, for example, I call Bert
3: potato or nugget a lot. (sighs) I call her sweetie a lot. This is the other thing about getting a female dog, which I didn't realise because obviously my dog previously was male. You just end up calling them the most ridiculously gendered nicknames. You're like, oh, sweetie, princess. <laughs> and you're like, what, what is wrong with me? I had a talk about this with another dog owner. And she was like, I don't even know why I keep calling her a diva or a princess. She's literally just a dog. And also, I don't believe in any of that stuff. But somehow, it just seeps into your brain. What is the most precious thing Judy has ever destroyed? Oh, she actually the weirdest thing she ever destroyed was when we first got her and I didn't see this because I was away at the time Um, my partner did a loaf of bread disappeared off our counter and she came downstairs (laughs) eating two slices of bread and we just never (laughs) saw the rest of the loaf again (laughs) don't know what happened to it We we didn't even find the wrapper
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hope she didn't eat the wrapper. I also hope she ate the rest of the bread rather than leaving crumbs around for you to discover at some later date. Moldy. Yeah. And <laughs> We never found any of it ever wow. again. Wow. Maybe she sort of went to the window and distributed it to the neighborhood cats. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? It's a mystery. She's full of she's full of mysteries. Does Judy have any love interests or best friends at the park?
3: Yeah, so she's actually a very choosy lady. Um she also doesn't really like big groups of dogs because in the first year we had her she was actually attacked by a dog in a oh. park and it was oh, it was very oh, no. sad. She kind of limped home and like stuck to me like glue and oh, then looked no. really sorry for herself, but she was fine. Like I think she just had a s- little sprain or something and it disappeared after a day. But ever since then she's been a bit funny about approaching big groups of dogs, you know, yapping mm. at each other in the park and um, so she's very cheesy about who she plays with there is this one little dog uh i can't what is his name it's benny who's sort of about her size and is but quite skinny and short haired but golden too and she just loves him every time she sees him she hops around oh, oh benny expecting him <laughs> to play with her but sometimes he's just not interested
2: oh he's the chosen friend yeah so sweet Finally, do you and or Judy have any upcoming projects you'd like to tell us about? Um,
3: well, Judy's available for <laughs> any kind of covers or editorial shoots. Mm-hmm. Just get in touch with me. <laughs> I'm her, also her agent. You know, it's a and very her low, and, and her manager and her manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a very like Lindsay Lohan kind of endeavor. <laughs> I'm, I'm like no, I'm like um, the Kris Jenner, basically.
2: Fantastic.
3: I'm doing a spotify series called shot and chaser Um it's going to be part of a new spotify drive time show ah! so look out for that amazing that sounds so good shot and chaser what's the premise what's it about so basically it is a shot of information delivered in 10 minutes so everything that you ever wanted to know mine is about history other people are doing stuff about economics tech so it's kind of like a 10 minute shot and chaser episode of like here's what you need to know here's something here's an interesting factoid for you to take down to the pub
2: oh that sounds so good thank you so much thing this has honestly been so much fun to talk to you and please give my kindest regards to judy and cuddles i will and cuddles and cuddles so many cuddles Thank you for listening to Who's a Good Dog? If you like the show, hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and tell your friends at the dog park. If you didn't like it, keep it to yourself. And if you really, really liked it, I actually wrote a whole book about dogs. It's called Good Dog, celebrating the dogs who change and sometimes even save our lives. It's about my dog Bert and how he helped me through depression and 10 other good dogs who've helped their people too. There's an elegant Labrador who supports the victims of crime, an autism support pug, and a Collie who can smell blood sugar. Basically, if you like dogs, I can almost guarantee you'll like this book. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok on at Kate I Lever. This episode of Who's a Good Dog? was produced by Arlie Adlington. Original music is by Luke Batt and the artwork is by Ryan Hodge. Moral support and licks provided by Bertie the Dog.
0: A good dog.
3: You just heard a stripped media production.